Hello everyone and welcome to our podcast Fill in the Gaps. We are four experienced Cambridge certified teachers. We meet each week trying to fill in gaps related to issues in ELT with our own experiences. We are Alan, Semra, Fatma and Julia. We hope that our discussions will inspire you and help you navigate your way through different approaches in teaching. So let's get started. Uh, hi everyone, today's topic is collaborative working in the ESL classroom. So we're going to be looking at um, what does collaborative working mean, mean for us as teachers? What does it mean for students? Um, what are the advantages and what are perhaps some of the challenges and disadvantages of collaborative working in this context? Um, all right, so I'll, I'll kick us off with a question. What, what, what is collaborative working for you guys? I mean, for, for me, I, when I think of the term collaborative working, the first thing I think of is, for example, organising students in pairs and groups in a classroom or in an online session and having them work for an exercise together to help each other. Um, do you have any um, anything to add to that or any, any variance on collaborative working? If you ask me, I would say that uh, collaborative working to me is a necessary skill, not only in ELT, but in our life, in our everyday life. And uh, this is the skill that we can teach our students. And uh, this is the skill that we need to acquire ourselves and enhance it throughout our teaching. Collaborative working in uh, ESL is uh, definitely something what uh, brings about another strategy of work and uh, it helps our students work more effectively. Depending on the context, this approach can lead to really positive results, which we are going to talk about today, I think. Yeah, and uh, the ones that you mentioned, Ellen, pair work and group work, they are the uh, basic forms of collaborative work that we have in the classes but nowadays there are you know project work and some of us have the experience in doing that I haven't tried that but there's project work and I, we've read this article about um, do sharing posters and you know when you share posters about a topic that you're interested in you can interact with others so to me collaborative work is something that when you're doing it, you have to interact with others and um, you have to share some meaningful information, exchange uh, information. Yeah, that's what I understand for, for, from virtual work. Yes, and I would say it's also the time when you discover something together and you put effort in it together. And I don't know, for me, collaborative work, it's just more than just answering true false questions together you know I think it should be a little bit more challenging it really that um, everybody has to step in and everybody has to put something on the table and I like it when collaborative work causes students to become a team actually they do stuff together and that they realize they're learning from each other because in our system I don't know why it's in such a way that we think that learning is something that you do on your own, alone, with a book. You know, I, I always have this image that you sit at the table, at the desk, with your book, and you're learning. And then when two students are together, it's not learning. But I think this is an image that we have to fight and that we have to change. Because it's when you have two or three students, like a group together, and they are sharing information, that that is when the learning happen, happens. 
Um, but, but it's difficult because um, it's also such a competitive system that we have, you know, it's like everybody is racing for grades and scores and in Turkey we have the university entrance exam where everybody has to study by themselves, which doesn't really take us anywhere because we know that um, right now at universities it's more about project work and project requires a team, it's not something that you can do on your own. And I really like this quote, I hope that I will recite it well. It says, it, it takes two flints to make a fire. And this is the idea I think that we need to give the children that there is so much that they can discover together and from each other. I liked it. Um, the, the article you referenced, Fatma, I, I think it, it was interesting because it, it, was, um, it was looking not only at like students working together, but students as teachers. And, and I like that idea. And I, and I think that's something that we can all include in our classrooms, whether that's face to face or whether that's in, a, in an online group. Um, in the example from the article, they mentioned uh, sharing like a mini presentation about a poster that they've created. Um, and then in, in this task, they're sharing the information from the poster with their um, with their fellow students and then there's an opportunity to like ask and answer questions about the content so it's, it's very educational and um, in that in that situation the teacher can kind of like step back and act more as like a facilitator and helper rather than as a direct instructor um, I like that um, a it gives you a bit more time to breathe uh, and b it gives the it gives the students more time to talk and communicate it's a good strategy that's true. And uh, just to add some more things uh, over here, this is something what uh, helps us understand that uh, these days we are not interested in a competitive um, environment anymore. And uh, the tendency right now is to switch from a more competitive to more collaborative environment, which means we need to know how to work together. And a collaborative approach is definitely the one that uh, promotes peer-to-peer -peer work. And uh, these days, uh, it's kind of reflection from the economical tendencies that uh, we are surrounded by, where everyone needs uh, um, being supported by others. And people understand that uh, when they compete, they don't achieve uh, as many results as uh, when they work together. Um, at the same time, we can see that uh, students can, in our context, students can scaffold each other. They feel that the environment is safer and they are more eager to express themselves, which is something what we really need. And actually, it's one of the goals of uh, us as teachers to create these opportunities for our students to communicate freely, confidently and express our um, ideas and their ideas in such a way that uh, their feelings and their ideas are heard and not judged. I have a, a question about collaborative working and that's the use of the maybe the student's first language to perhaps like problem solve like during the project or, or during the task. How, how do you feel about that? I, I don't know. I, my opinion seems, seems to change on a weekly basis on this. Like, I guess originally I, I used to try and cut out, you know, for first language. But I think the more the more I learn about lessons and students, the more, the more willing I am to say, you know what, you know, use your first language to help. Um, 
I think it assists create. I think it it helps creativity. I'm like you, Alan. I'm also struggling with that all of the time, and I've told you guys about it before. But I think it's the students' level here is also very important. If you have elementary students or let's say pre-intermediate, it's really really difficult for them to talk about instructions in the target language. It's really challenging. Versus when you have upper intermediate students, then yes, then you can say, okay, please stay in the target language because obviously um, the English is sufficient enough for that. But but when you have lower levels, then um, why challenge them even more? And it's some somehow we also want to encourage them to work on a team, right? So we don't want to make things more difficult for them. So at that point, I'm I'm happy when they get used to each other and being in the group and. It, it's not only about English, by the way, but it's also about teaching them really to work together, which takes time, you know, because working together does not mean that somebody is doing nothing and one person is taking all of the responsibility. There, that is another part that we have to teach. So I, I, back to your question, I would say it really also depends on the level. What do you guys think? I absolutely agree because uh, just two hours ago I had a discussion with my colleague from the Netherlands and uh, we were discussing whether or not to use uh, L1 in the classroom and uh, whether it is something what is acceptable. To me, I totally agree that uh, L1 is not a problem. It's not an obstacle to acquiring a new language. And uh, if we see that our students can benefit from it, if we see that uh, they can uh, feel safer discussing or adding some words from their mother tongue, why not to let them do this? So they will see that we support them Though probably it's, uh, it's more about our management and the way we uh, set the requirements. If we let them use their mother tongue when they work together, that's something what will help them find the right words after all, all together. And then when they need to perform some task um, in plenary, it would be easier for them to find the right word in English, but it won't be stressful for them and they will more eager they will be more eager to do this rather than just uh, following the restriction of using L2 only in the classroom, which is English. So I'm totally with you and uh, I support the idea of using L1 uh, in the classroom. I think it also depends on the quality of their talks. I mean, quality is a fancy word. Just why are they talking? Like, are they gossiping about some some people are they what are they talking about so like in a class where you have only like let's say four pairs that's okay you can just hear them talk about the work that they have at hand and discussing something you know sharing information about English in their mother tongue okay but I have in my classes I have sometimes 12 pairs and I can't know what they're talking about. And I'm, I, I freak out because I feel like I'm, I'm losing control. What is happening? So th this just brings me another, um, another question. Uh, I, I, I like pair works and group works and I have them generally in my classes, but I have them just because I think we should have them. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know when I should feel satisfied with my students work when they were then when they are working collaboratively like because there are a lot of things to consider like there are groupings like the language that they are producing in english is it enough is it complex enough or they're just doing the task and then you know moving on 
to their uh, friendly talks in their mother tongue. Like, um, when should I feel okay? This group work or this pair work worked very well, and it really helped my students. How, like, how can I understand that? Because this is something that I really struggle with in my classes. You know, Fatima, that's a really interesting question because uh, it's something what relates to the management in collaborative uh, uh, working. And uh, in this case, we need to consider how to work with uh, big classrooms and how to work with classes where you have over 20 people, uh, especially online, because it's uh, quite challenging to check and evaluate the outcomes and uh, see what uh, they can do and what they can't do. So this is something what to, uh, we need to consider, how to evaluate and uh, what to evaluate. The final result or the process itself or both. And uh, I would say that uh, this is still the question for me and uh, I'm testing and trying different approaches to evaluation uh, uh, in collaborative classrooms that I do have. Uh, the, what I can say, I can say that um, there is some difference between monolingual and multilingual classrooms. In monolingual classrooms, they tend to use uh, L1, whereas in um, uh, multilingual classes, I can see that students try to survive, they try to scaffold each other using the words they know, and sometimes they, uh, they feel that uh, it's too much for them and they lack some words, which is also another side of a coin. They feel that they need some um, guidance from the teacher. And collaborative work has both its pros and cons, uh, which we probably might discuss as well. What do you think? I think uh, a good question to ask is also, is this a task where they would perform better if they did it individually? Would the result be different if they did it by themselves? Or is the result different when they are together? And like I mentioned before, I, it really depends on the task. Like answering a true false question is not collaborative work. Okay. Like this is something they can do on, by themselves. They, they can just check the answers in the end, but they don't need another person to do that. Um, or reading is not something where they need another person, right? So I really feel like it should be a tick a little bit more challenging. Like um a task where they see, oh, I need somebody else. It's good to have somebody else to do this. And I don't know, one example that I would give is, for example, storytelling. Um, I have speaking groups where I let them do it together. Because telling a story on your own, if it's not your story, but it's like you have picture prompts, it's tough. But then you have a second person, and then that second person comes up with an idea, and then the third person, and then they really see the advantage of being together. But in the end, you know your students the best, Fatma. So you will know if it works out for them or not, because not every group responds the same, not every class responds the same. And if you have young learners, then yeah, the, um, the tendency is more that they take the time just to gossip and they're not focusing on the task. But when you have adult students who are more focused, then um, maybe it makes more sense for them to work together. So we cannot say that everything always applies for everything. And I definitely, Julia, you made a very good point when you said, what do we focus on? Um, is it the end goal or is it the process? So there, yeah, there are just so many things to take into account. Definitely. To, um, I think to add, to add to that response to, to Fatma's question, I would say that we could, we could, we could perhaps look to the, the task-based learning model where, where you're looking at a reporting stage. Um, 
this is this is in this in some respects this reporting stage uh, can encourage students to to work that little bit harder to generate generate output to make sure that the people who they are reporting to will understand. Um, I, I guess that's that's one that's one control that you can put in place. I suppose. Great advice, by the way, guys. I mean, um, yeah, I think we are doing we are giving parent group work just for the sake of it, because we feel good. Oh, they talked. What they talked, we don't know sometimes, but it's good. There, there is some <laughs> voice as noise in the class. Oh, you, you made a good point. Yes, sometimes we do it for the sake of it because it's so difficult to create that speaking atmosphere, especially in, in the class that you have, because they feel. I mean, for my students, I can say they feel so comfortable speaking to me, but then they don't feel comfortable speaking to other people. And I say, okay, but in the end, you're learning this language to talk to others and not only to your teacher in school but also in, in the world outside. Um, so th this is something that we need to do and we need to guide them in that direction. Which means it's one of the transferable skills that they can apply in other fields. And uh, th this is something what's, uh, when only they realize how important it is and which role it uh, can play in their lives, they'll definitely see that uh, there are so many benefits and uh, they can open the new doors to better reality, to better future. And uh, there are both pros and cons of this approach, though we can see that depending on our goals and depending on the goals of our students, we can see that uh, there are some changes to be adjusted and there are some things that we can slightly modify. And um, definitely collaborative approach is something what can take place in the classroom, but it doesn't really mean that we can't uh, mix it with uh, some other approaches and methods. What do you think? I, I think when we are talking a little bit about the drawbacks, maybe we could say that it just takes a lot of time um, to train them, right? To get them into that direction, to guide them, to explain the task again and again, um, and to give them the support and to really um, support them so that they reach the target, right? Because there's so much happening in between. And if you're working for an institution or if you have a time limit and you really need to finish something in a certain amount of time, then it gets challenging because you need to teach them. Um, so you really need, you need to be able to have your students for a longer period so that they understand how everything is going, right? But once they have figured it out, it will be easier. Uh, but, but that I would say is one of the drawbacks. Number two is not everybody wants to work in a group. Not everybody wants that. Some people don't like it. Um, and some people don't like the group that they're in, and some people are not good at um, communication. So what do we do in that case is the question. I mean, in that case, we, we, we have to accept it somehow, right? You cannot force anybody to be in a group or to see the importance if they don't see it. Absolutely. And another thing is about delegating the responsibilities when people work in the team. Who is responsible for what? This is the thing. And uh, how to delegate it uh, equally? That's uh, another question. And when we deal with adults, probably it's easier to manage the when we deal with children. Uh, we can't explain them that uh, your piece of work is something what is equal to another piece of work that I give to another student, and then uh, they can feel uh, they, they can feel that uh, it's not an equal and it's not a fair share what they will do. 
So in other words, competitive spirit may be the case and uh, it can intervene. Mm, when we deal with the um, achievements and the sense of achievements, uh, this is something what also might be questioned because uh, on the one hand, we can have the product, the final product of collaborative work, Though on the other hand, we can see that we can't really evaluate uh, every single student separately and uh, we can't base our uh, results uh, on uh, what they do in the classroom. So in order to evaluate, there should be probably other methods and uh, other approaches used to make it more um, accurately. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, and also another thing, I um, I shouldn't be as a teacher. I shouldn't be feeling like I'm not doing anything when students are uh, working collaboratively because I I've seen some uh, teachers who see you know pair work or group work uh, as a time where they can check their phones or where they can just look out from the window, you know, it's, it's not, it's not uh, the way it should be because it's, you know, and not, teaching is going on, but in a different disguise. Uh, you can use that time to observe your students and to understand their weaknesses and strengths better. And you can, um, I don't know, I think Julia mentioned it some in our, in some of our meetings, uh, she mentioned that that we could do micro teaching. You know, we could uh, teach a point to students, and we could make notes of their um, mistakes or some really good use of English, and we can, you know, write them, uh, make notes of them on the board. So, I mean, it's it's again, you can be active, but in a different form. And when you see the value in collaborative work as a teacher, that attitude will be transferred to your students too, because they will see what you're doing and they will see that something, some form of teaching is going on and they will actually respect that and they will be more willing to do the task, I think. Okay, there is just something that I want to really, really mention here because it kind of pisses me off. <laughs> um, it's this whole idea that people have that teaching is just being done in those 40 minutes that you are in class, right? Because I, I have some friends who will make comments like, oh, oh, you're just teaching 25 hours and we are all working 45 hours a week. And I really need to explain every time, okay, teaching is not only those 40 minutes. There is a lot of preparation that I have to do before I go to class. I have to set up tasks, okay? I need to think about what task can I give them? How can I prepare it for them? How do I explain it to them? How do I prepare the groups? Um, and then I watch them during class, but then after the class finishes, it continues because I have to check the homework that they send and I have to reflect on everything that they did so I can make it better next time. So it's just because I'm looking out of the window for two or three minutes during that class. It doesn't mean I'm not doing anything because I've put so much effort into putting and in setting that up, you know, and, and, and we deserve the credit for that. So we need to change this whole mentality that we have, you know, because it has been more destructive for the students um, because they are not learning anything if we are the ones non-stop talking for 40 minutes. Yeah, I, I don't think, I, I couldn't agree more with what, with what you just said, Samra. I, I actually look forward to to task work because it, 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 it gives my brain a little bit of a rest. It, you know, I can, um, 
I can interact in you know different breakout rooms, but I haven't always found that constructive. So I think there is a case for there is a case for sitting back and, and non-intervention, letting them collaborate, letting them you know do their thing. It's not always the right thing, you know. Um, but I think sometimes you have to take risks in in teaching, and I think this is a risk worth taking. Let them leave them alone. Let them get on with it for a little bit. Okay, guys. Um, I guess that that pretty much wraps up the conversation today. So we've had we've had a discussion on um, what does collaborative working mean to us as teachers and to our classes. Um, what are some of the benefits and some of the challenges? Um, interesting discussions and really interesting ideas. Um, we'll be adding a link. So if you want to do a little bit more research, you can look at the article that that we all read as preparation for this for this discussion today. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Bye bye. 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 And so here we are at the end of another episode of Fill in the Gap. Thanks everyone for a great conversation and thank you for listening. Feel free to get in touch via email with questions, comments or suggestions for future discussion topics. Check out the description for useful links and contact details. See you for the next episode.